1: Hey, good morning everybody. Scott Luton, Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Greg, how you doing?
0: I'm doing quite well, Scott. Really interested to talk about this topic. We touched on this a little bit Monday, right? So, yeah. How are you, Scott?
1: Yeah, it's, it's been a busy week, uh, but we've all, <laughs> as all of them are, right? Um, but we have been looking forward to this discussion and it is it is interesting, Greg, the, the timing with with what we talked about on the buzz on Monday, yeah, um, and of course what you dropped in on social media earlier today. So we'll talk about all of that. But but here today we're talking with an individual who's leading an organization on a true noble mission uh, to eradicate slavery and human trafficking. We'll be learning more about this appalling travesty that still impacts uh, er- many individuals, numerous, countless individuals around the world. Yeah, I have a hard time just realizing I said that you know, um, but it's been in a blind spot. Uh, and, and now we've got to, we, we need to bring it up with our, you know, our growing spotlight. We want to amplify the the, the problem. We want to amplify those that are leading real efforts, practical efforts to address it. And uh, as we know, Greg, and I, I, I'm sure you agree with me here that supply chain leaders, not only do they ha- are they in a unique position to do something about it, but they've got a massive responsibility. Greg, yeah. your take?
0: Yeah. Amen. I mean, first of all, this isn't a it's not a business or a supply chain issue. this is really a, a human issue. It's been going on frankly since the beginning of time and while less than a third of the entire population of the of the world are, are slaves as it used to be back in pre his, early historic times, it's still way too many and there are so many types of slavery, you know the essential indentured servitude, Human trafficking, traditional slave slavery. Uh, uh, I mean, there's just so many shapes of it, and you know, this organization is tackling every aspect of it and helping people to recognize and do something about it, but also helping companies to you know to eliminate their exposure to it as well. So, Agreed. it's it's uh, it's a heart wrenching topic. I'm just wait for we. Show drop this video.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that Greg, that's the right word, heart wrenching, uh, and and it's difficult to talk about. But um, but it's it, but we got to lean in and engage in these conversations, mm-hmm. right? Because just like truckers against trafficking, long time, you know, four or five months ago, I think opened up or, or attacked this blind spot in many of uh, many of our collective uh, blind spots. You know, I think I think Tim Nelson with Hope for Justice is going to do a similar thing today, and uh, so got to lean into those conversations. Um, For the sake of time today, we want to really really protect our time with Tim and this subject matter. We want to invite, you know, we've got a variety of webinars and events coming up. We want to direct you to supplychainnow.com for all of that information. Um, Welcome y'all's participation. We're going to say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to bring Tim into the conversation, and we're going to dive into this story a, a, a lot more. Yeah. So... Uh, Greg, we've got, a, we've got a slew of folks here uh, tuned in today, uh, including, I'm not sure who, but someone tuned in from North Carolina, hopefully eating some good barbecue there. Uh, Clay and Amanda, uh, if y'all let me know who that is. And let um, us know if
0: it's Eastern Carolina <laughs> or Western Carolina barbecue, right? right
1: that's right. Um, uh, Andrea is back with us. Hey, hey. Hope this finds you well, Andrea. Yeah,
0: the supply chain twins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. Srinivas, great to have you here once again via LinkedIn from India. Gary Smith is back with us from New York City. Gary, how you doing? Ali says, good afternoon from South Africa via LinkedIn. Great to have you here, Ali.
0: Stay safe down there. There's a lot of disruption going on down there for sure.
1: Great point. Jenny Froome and I, uh, I in fact, we're overdue for a catch-up call. She was talking about some of the things that they're experiencing and fighting through. So, yeah. Jenny, if you're with us, uh, Ali, everyone in that neck of the woods, uh, all the best. Godspeed to you. Peter Bolay all night and all day, it says, good afternoon, 30 degrees Celsius, 92 degrees Fahrenheit. Feels a lot hotter in Montreal. Uh, just another perfect day in paradise. It Great is
0: Montreal. You. How bad could it be, right? <laughs> Go to St. Catherine Street, have a, have a cool drink to cool you down. <laughs>
1: Uh, Enrique is tuned in, uh, via LinkedIn. Enrique, great to see you here. I should say maybe Dr. Restore. Yeah. Wow. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Regina tuned in via LinkedIn from Kenya. Regina, hope this finds you well. Great to have you here. Uh, Gabrielle, uh, Gabriel is tuned in S G S I N. Greg, help me with that acronym.
0: Oh my gosh. We'd this up with Saudi Arabia. Didn't we? KSA, yes, we did. Right. Um, well,
1: I don't know, but I
0: can't wait to hear. I I like Actually, we need a daily challenge like this, so we learn these acronyms for some of these areas and countries.
1: Yes, we do. Singapore. Clay, Johnny on the spot. Singapore, maybe the port of Singapore, perhaps. Uh, But regardless, Gabriel, great to have you here via LinkedIn. Looking forward to your commentary here today. Uh, Sudasharn, I think I've got that close. I apologize if I did not get that right. Um, Correct us, please. But welcome via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. And uh, Andrea says, Supply Chain Twins, oh my gosh, that's a great name. And of course, Sophia is who Greg is referencing, which has been a great guest in the past for us. Yeah,
0: you you need to get your sister on here again, Andrea.
1: absolutely. And then Michelle, Mohammed, many others, welcome everybody. Yeah. Uh, Looking forward to y'all being a part of this conversation here today. Okay, so Greg, with no further ado, uh, I wanna bring in our special guest here today, Tim Nelson, CEO, with Hope for Justice. Tim, good afternoon, good evening. How are you doing, sir?
0: Welcome welcome to 2020
2: plus one. Yeah, you got it. Really, really, really great to be with you today. I
0: hope you're both doing well. Yeah, well. quite Thanks well. so much. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it.
1: Because we know you're busy. Uh, your team is busy. We, we've really enjoyed getting to know uh, you and, and your team in uh, recent months, uh, and really delighted that you're here with us to share uh, and inform the rest of us on this noble mission that y'all are on. But before we get to that, just quite, you know, uh, I've had we, we've had a chance to get to know you a little better in these pre-show conversations. I'd like to offer our, our audience the same opportunity. So, so Tim, tell us a little about yourself.
2: Uh, yeah, thank you so much, um, and thanks to everybody who's tuned in. Um, my name is Tim Nelson. As you can probably tell, I'm not based in the US. Um, I'm originally from Northern Ireland. Um, I've been in England. Uh, please don't hold that against me, uh, for the last 23 odd years. Um, but for me, I'm, my, my background is uh, I have a degree in technology and um, I, I spent some time within the banking world uh, and then uh, have been involved in, in this journey with Hope for Justice uh, for the last 13 years um, yeah. and, and kind of actively involved and I sit as CEO uh, overseeing our operations now.
1: Wow. So Greg, that's long before um, slavery and human trafficking really hit the radars of, of even the folks that are that, that know about it now. Uh, so Tim, um, hopefully one of the one of the many silver linings of, of, of these challenging pandemic uh, pandemic days is we're getting more awareness on these issues that maybe we've kicked the can down the street as a, as a yeah. global business community. Uh, and that that's definitely a good thing, so we can move the needle, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's really important, and I, I appreciate so much uh, opportunities like these to talk, because so so often people think that you know, kind of this issue of slavery it was was way back when, you know, it, it it conjures up images of the transatlantic slave trade, and you know, we talk about it and we talk about what that has meant for population groups in the U.S. but also internationally. But the the sad reality of it is where we are today. And the mm. impact that we're seeing on so many individuals' lives—you um, know—the the, the reality for things like um, sexual exploitation hits the headlines more. But the, the the reality for so many people who are on here, who have businesses, who are engaged in in supply chains, is, is that actually it's endemic within most people's businesses. Um, And what makes people a good or bad business is not whether or not they are uh, having modern day slavery or human trafficking in their supply chain. It's whether, firstly, they're prepared to look. And then secondly, what are they going to do when they find it?
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you for sharing, Tim. uh, That humanizes things, um, you know, like video can only do. But Greg, where are we going from here?
0: Well, I think, you know, what's so impactful about that is it could be next door, right? You don't know who or where. Right. So. So, Tim, I'd love for you to share a little bit more. I mean, I think we got a a flavor of what Hope for Justice did in that case. But can you give us a little bit of an idea of kind of your overarching why and and then some of the things that you do to help, you know, to help uh, alleviate all of these issues globally? And and maybe some I'm sure there are lots of surprises here. And I know you being a tech guy, you've got some stats around it. So maybe share some of that as well.
2: Yeah, no, Greg, thanks so much for that. Um, if I explain a little bit for everybody about how I got involved, and then I'll open up a little bit about what we do as Hope for Justice. So I take myself back to 2007, and a friend of mine had asked me, because of my tech background, my banking background, to accompany him to the U.S. to look at some businesses that he wanted to invest into. And I found myself with a night spare on them in Los Angeles, and a friend invited me out for dinner on Sunset Boulevard. And coming from Northern Ireland, it feels like a million miles away from everything. You know, you only see things like Sunset Boulevard on films like Pretty Woman, uh, just like conjures up so many images. And my friend asked me whether or not he could bring a friend along with him too. And when he brought a friend with him, he introduced himself as a slave hunter. And I was like, what? You know, when you go for your car insurance, that isn't one of those categories that you can find. And and certainly whenever... he was on the phone to me, he was on the phone to Condoleezza Rice whilst we were at dinner and he was working for the Bush administration. And he was arguing about the downgrading of India on the human trafficking register, all things I would not known about. And he said it was for geopolitical reasons. And he, the week before, had been in Mumbai and seen girls in cages that were being shipped all over India. And I, I couldn't believe it. And he pulled out his phone and showed me these images that he had taken undercover. And I, I was scrambling to, do, can I give you some money? Is there something I could do to help you? And he said, I, 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 wa- I don't need you specifically to cry about this issue. I need you to do something and take action. And maybe just maybe there are people tonight who are crying themselves together in your city that just need you to move and do something about this issue. So I came back to the UK, spoke to everybody I knew about it. And a friend of mine introduced me to a group of people who were looking to put on an event to tell people about the issue. And a bit like the lady who shared her story, when we were looking to get at the story of an individual mother who could tell what had happened, we, we, we had this lady come and what shocked me was, it was about nine miles away from where my house was, that she was white, she was middle class, and she worked for the local council. And her daughter had dated a chap for 18 months He supposedly had moved to another location for work and she went to see his new house and she was sold into a brothel and was there for three years held against her will. And it's not until the penny drops to say, actually, they are someone's daughter. They are someone's son that you go, well, it could be my daughter. It could be my niece. It could be someone who's related to me. We need to do something. So we we held our first event 11 months later after the group came together. There were like kind of 10 of us that got together and we managed to get 5,884 people together for our very first event. And we thought we might be a conduit to spend money internationally. But I'd argued to the board that this is going on in my city. I want to know what's going on and what we can do about it. So in our very first year of operation in the city I live in, a city that looks after an area of 2.2 million people, we managed to rescue 110 victims of modern-day slavery human trafficking. The youngest was just three months old trafficked for sexual exploitation. The oldest was 58 years old trafficked for labor trafficking. And as part of that, we uncovered a bed manufacturer in the UK that were making beds for two of the largest retailers in the UK. It hit the headlines because it was the first occurrence of slavery within the supply chain of a major multinational business. Two of those businesses would have prided themselves on their supply chain management. But there were 33 Hungarian nationals that were brought to a bed manufacturer. And the bed manufacturer would literally, the, the chap who was the trafficker, would literally bring groups of six of them together and hang one of them in front of the other five. So little was his, his view on life. When that person was just riling around about to choke to death, he would cut them down and say, if any one of you leave, I'll kill the other five. And put people under such uh, such oppression, such coercion, that it became so difficult for them to, to deal with it. So... That was really the start of Hope for Justice. And we went on to do amazing things with the police and the police and crime commissioner in that area to to do training, 4,800 people in half a day training for two and a half months. We set up a network. We we worked on an MOU so that we could work and share intelligence with police and law enforcement. But we've seen that grow internationally.
1: So if I can cut in just for a second here, because what's powerful to me is as much as it level sets when you think about is someone's son or daughter or mother or father or cousin or you name it. But that situation you just described there is someone's supplier. And it's taking place and they've got no oftentimes no no idea, right? No idea. And and I think that's part of especially in supply chain, right? In global supply chains, that is that's a um that lack of awareness uh and the fact those transactions continue. That's what we've got to That's a big part of the problem, I would argue, Greg. I mean, what's your?
0: There's no reason to be unaware these days, frankly. I mean, if you're unaware, you're frankly looking the other direction. I think we've Mm. seen that a lot with what's going on in Xinjiang, which is really popular, but really just a microcosm of of human trafficking and modern slavery in the supply chain, because they're that you know even even by China standards, that's a relatively small population still incredibly exploited. But, you know, there are still dozens and dozens of companies. Dozens have left and been penalized by the Chinese government. And dozens and dozens, nearly 100, still remain doing work in Xinjiang. Or, you know, Tim, you said before we came on the air, now they're just spreading the Uyghur population around China Right. Yeah, it's,
2: so. I, I mean it's 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 really difficult because I think the U.S. government have 148 goods that they they prohibit coming into the U.S. from 76 different countries. So I don't want people just to see this as a China issue. Right. You know, if, if you look at it, I, I can go commodity groups and issues that we start to see. You know, if if you think of uh, ladies who like to wear shimmer makeup, that makeup is made primarily from the use of mica, which is mined primarily from Judistan in India, if I think about cotton production that we see in Uzbekistan for Mm -hmm. T-shirts and and, and other clothing, if I I think even just down to the cell phone that you're carrying, the battery in your cell phone, it it relies on cobalt. And 70% of all cobalt is mined in the DRC by children and forced labor. You know, the reality of how close this is to home is it could be in your pocket today, the product that was made through forced labor. And even just the, the drive now towards the electrification of vehicles, with their estimates that there's going to need to be a 30 times production further of cobalt. But yet we have not resolved the issue of cobalt mining. Right. Companies have not dug into their supply chain to deal with it. So the Uyghur population, and I celebrate everything, that is one incremental step towards seeing this stuff. But the reality is it's going to take all of us to lift our heads and to actually come at this with a professional approach and deal with it, not turn yep. the other way.
1: Agreed. So really two quick points. First off, there's a, a bunch of folks that are um, uh, big fans of the work you and your group are doing from Srinivas to Danny. To Andrea and Andrea, you've got a question around hope for justice, the growth. We'll address that here uh, quickly uh, in, in a minute. But um, a typical question for you, you know, and Greg, when when you kind of took us on a deep dive of the challenge on Monday, you made a, a clear point of saying, hey. This is not just a China issue. This This goes on globally. So, Tim, you're echoing that point here today. But if I can, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot, and if, you, if you'd if you rather not address it, that's perfectly fine. But do, does Hope for Justice in, in your research and in your work, do you find differing, varying degrees of, um, I'll call it, governmental facilitation of <laughs> slavery and human trafficking? Very you
0: diplomatic, all,
2: Scott. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah. try. Yeah, state, we, we would call it and reference it as state-sponsored. Um, modern-day slavery or human right. trafficking, where, where it's happening in, in an unprecedented level. You know, we talked about the Uyghur population. If we want to go to stone quarrying in India, as an example, we've been to one uh, particular quarry where there are 30,000 families that are debt-bonded to the actual stone quarry. So if you want to get um, that granite worktop or sadly someone passes away and you're going for, for a, a monument in their name in granite, I can guarantee you that uh, there's a high percentage chance that that's been made by someone who's held against their will or in some way indentured to not being able to leave. It's it's this sad reality of what we're seeing and it's 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 so abhorrent, it's so easy for people to almost put their hands over their ears and not want to listen, to turn away, to turn that other side. But... The, the, what we what has been said plenty of times by their people, but I think it was Edmund Burke who coined the phrase that it, all it takes for injustice to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Right. And mm-hmm. so often, it's easy to do nothing. These kind of conversations for companies with their suppliers when they're interested in price and quality, we're stepping up the level to say, no, 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 no. You need to go way beyond that around the individuals who are involved in this so, so that Actually, you can help to create a fortress within your companies, within your supply chain against modern day slavery, against human trafficking.
1: All right. So um, I want to share a comment here. And Greg, I'm gonna circle back uh, before we move forward and talk about some of the programming that Hope for Justice is leading. Mervyn shares, and we've talked about Palm Oil a lot, Greg. All right. We we'll talked uh, that since, Monday too. Yeah, that's right. Palm oil industry worldwide, you've got to check the impact on workers in Malaysia and in, in Indonesia, which account for approximately 85% of the production, Mervyn says. Workers, especially women, work for no wages, including children. Any comment there, uh, Tim?
2: Um, palm oil is one of those products that um, is, there's high, high awareness of the fact that most palm oil will come through some form of forced labor. Actually, there are links directly, and I was reading articles on it today, links directly to deforestation, directly connected to palm oil, where individual companies that have had a very high rating towards their ethical stance have now lost that high rating because Mm. they've been complicit towards the burning of forests and the reclaiming of that land to plant palm oil, for palm oil production. And, And again... This is a lot of what we're sharing is not brand new. If anyone does searches, they can find it. But but the reality for for particularly palm oil production is it's it's very very difficult to find it where it comes from a place that isn't using some form of forced labor. Um,
1: you've got some instant supporters too. Big thanks to Peter Bole. Just donated twenty percent support to cause. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. And uh, he also you know, shares some of the social tags and the website, hopeforjustice.org. I really appreciate that, Peter Bole. Thanks so um, much, Peter. Okay, so Greg- That's uh, before... what we wanted to
0: happen, Tim, right? <laughs> <laughs> so do yeah, something yeah. now, right? <laughs> Instant action. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, Greg, before we maybe have Tim share more uh, examples of programming and, and of course how folks can, can jump into the, the battle, what else comes to your mind, Greg?
0: Uh, hair extensions immediately come into my mind. A lot of those come from- indenture uh, effectively indentured people in India. If you get a black hair hair extension, then that, that is likely coming from from slave trade, right?
2: Yeah, it, it, it is, and, and one of the things you gotta be conscious of as well within this is that people think that it is just Southeast Asia or India or they've, China, they've got names like that, but but I also wanna bring it back to home in the US yeah, In terms of where it sits and at the ILO, which is part of the UN estimates at any one time, there are 403,000 individuals in America that are held in human trafficking, modern day slavery. So, you know, hair extensions is one product. It's easy to see. It's something that you can directly connect with. But I just want to make sure we draw the connection for people because otherwise you can push it in your mind to the dark corners of something that happens overseas. Right. It's not it's not
0: here. It's there. Right. And I think you're right. That's very, very important. And I think Andrea asked the question to Tim. Do you guys have operations? I know you have operations in the States. Do you have operations in South America as well? Because in Central America, because she mentioned Mexico, which I would imagine is probably covered by the Nashville office. But
2: so, yeah, from from where we are, there's work that we've done all over the globe itself. In terms of where we are located at the moment, we have 10 core offices and we don't have a physical office yet in Central or Southern America. Um, But but we have a vision that we want to live in a world free from slavery and certainly the, the 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 vision that we have for the next 10 years of hope for justice is that god willing we'll be able to get to 10 times our impact within the next 10 years and that's going to require a, a massive shift because we've talked about this being a major problem the estimates are now that there are over 40 million individuals held globally in modern day slavery human trafficking we're going to have to have a a global response The the traffickers themselves are are actually professional about what they do they've got a plan they've it's serious and organized crime we need to step up all of our efforts to to counteract that 150 billion dollar industry it is estimated to be globally well if you added all of the ngos together in this space you might only just get over 150 million pulled together per year so we're we're almost like a david and goliath scenario of yeah. what we're trying to deal with but what we need to get to is we need to press into a situation where we can see a, 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 an exponential growth in our response to this issue. So we have plans to move through Central America and, and South America. We're just not there yet.
1: Well, so um, a quick sidebar. Uh, of course, we've done our homework here and we'll talk about some ways that we're partnering with Hope for Justice here towards the end of today's show. But you know, I think it's important to note and, and for anyone donating, appreciate Korai Kose, welcome. Korai, great to have you back. Thanks for your donation as well. Uh, but y'all get high marks, the organization does, from Charity Navigator, which of course is like one of the North Stars when it comes to putting a spotlight into the nonprofits and whatnot, and, and many other places. We've read through the annual reports, uh, really admire how the money that comes in, y'all put it to work. You put it to work. Um, unlike some other very well-known um, organizations that, that operate under that non- nonprofit uh, umbrella. But when you when you scrutinize what's spent, I mean, it, it can be in single dig- digits sometimes, which is, is talk about disappointing. Um, so, Tim, talk to us a little more. Uh, you've already kind of touched on it a couple different times. But when it comes to programming, get, give us more examples of what you're doing, as well as, you know, beyond making donations, uh, because any organization, of course, got to have funds to to, to um, lead the battle that you are. But how else can folks get get into, can, can support?
2: Yeah, no, no, that's a great question, Scott. I, I essentially, Hope for Justice is broken into four key components. We've got the prevention work that we want to do because actually we want to end this. We're probably one of the only organizations that's saying we should be putting ourselves out of business in what we're trying to do, but prevention enables it to stop happening. Mm. We're doing that all over the world, but one of the key ways that we've launched, which directly connects with supply chains, is we set up a division within Hope for Justice, which is known as Slavery Alliance. And with there, we work with major multinationals to remove slavery from their supply chain. If um, we launched that into the US in the last couple of months, and and certainly we started it in the UK, and from a UK context, we're dealing with now nine of the biggest top 100 companies in the UK, helping them internationally remove slavery from their supply chains. We're we're working across borders, working across continents to try and help them to determine what are the biggest risks to their supply chains. So one of the ways I would I'd highlight in terms of prevention work that people can hear about is let's get involved by being part of Slave Alliance, connected to everything that Hope for Justice is doing is, is a key component of how people can make a difference if we look at how we are also running alongside that we go into rescue you've heard in the story that we shared in the video we we have a team of investigators outreach workers those individuals who are finding cases of human trafficking modern day slavery all over the places that we work we have a team that are, are looking at issues around um how we can help support those individuals that we find so just one case that came to the fore in um policing terms, went to to court in 2019, we had one case that we'd been working on from 2015, and we'd supported somewhere in the region of 93 individuals through to a place of of seeing their traffickers convicted. Now, that takes a lot Mm. of work to try and hold the hands of those individuals, and in the court case where we saw the prosecutions happen, the actual judge had said that it was estimated there were over 400 victims that had come through just that one trafficking gang. Wow. No, it, it it happened in the UK, but it was one of the, the it was marked down as the largest case that had come through. And just two weeks ago, three of the kingpins involved in that case got prosecuted. And really, prosecution sends a signal to say this will not be tolerated. We are coming after you. We're coming after your assets. And we, combined with the the law enforcement, we're going to make sure that we stop you in your tracks in what you're doing. Hmm. So. Rescue is a key component. We're talking restore and we want to try and see those individuals many of which have been through incredibly traumatic circumstances. We want to see those individuals become whole and we provide trauma informed care work with other agencies to try and hold the hand and, and working together combined with other great NGOs to try and make sure that we can help in all of the countries we operate in to ensure that people get the right restoration and finally the fourth area that we do is is around restoration and and reform so What we want to try and see through reform is we want to see legislation change so that it prohibits things happening. We want to try and make sure that we we work on bills in different countries. And we're working with uh, a partnership with the OSCE, even in Europe. And there's another 26 countries that are looking to bring modern slavery legislation into Europe. And again, we're working with companies to try and help them through those processes. So again, all of our programs, we're now in 10 countries. That we have and we've got quite a an ambition to be in a lot more countries to try and help but in all of the countries we've got a thought through professional approach to what we want to try and do to end this so uh uh
1: greg i'm gonna get your take in just a second i want to share a couple of quick comments here mm-hmm. folks we had art high pressure measure join us yesterday talk about um an incredible thought leader in industry former ceo of descartes uh He's he founded ten supply chain tech companies worth a whopping ten billion dollars in market valuation now, uh, but he talks about and and several other comments talk about some of the some of the scoring that that uh, it takes place in industry right. He, he mentions here EcoVatus, EcoVatus maybe has an ESG score. You can check out Tillbook, who also scores suppliers. Um, Tim, uh, have y'all had any success, and and, and do y'all work, get involved in, in
2: kind of those certifications that are out there in the industry? So. W- we try not to certify individuals, um, just to kind of, for full disclosure, I think because um, individual supply chains, as most will know on this call, are, are they're transient. You know, today you might be dealing with one supplier, tomorrow you might not be, be dealing with somebody different. So it's very right. difficult for people to give you a badge or a certification and say, you're good, because that supply chain is evolving every single day. So what we talk about is working towards a slave free supply chain. And part of that is identifying through gap analysis, where the red risks are. That could be the countries of operation, the products. It, you know, we're, We just recently had a, a major multinational that was talking with us about they, their board wanted to shift supply from China to South Korea. And what did we think about that? And could we do undercover assessments on those individual companies to see what the likelihood was to see modern day slavery and human trafficking happening? That's where we get involved. And we mm. want to really be the trusted friend for business. We're not there to expose people and tell people that these people are bad people. We're trying to work with business to say, we want to have a thought through response to this and help you help you to rid this heinous crime from your supply chain, help you yeah. to, to, to have a, a response to it. Cause most people on this call, they don't want to have it happening in any form within their supply chain.
1: Right. That's right. right. Greg, I but I bet your thoughts are racing.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: I, I, I'm curious at the highest level, Tim, are we seeing an increase or a decline in global slavery and um, and these companies that you're helping? You know, as I thought about the Slave Free Alliance, I was thinking, um, are those companies being backfilled by other companies that are participating? Or is that actually reducing the, the use of slave labor in places? Because we talked earlier about, um, you know, the companies like H&M and Nike who have declared they won't do business in Xinjiang, they have been, they've basically ceased to exist in the face of China, uh, you know, in on in terms of online sales and H&M stores can no longer be found if you do a ride hailing app, for instance. So there's been a lot of repercussions there. Obviously, the Chinese government is actively fighting back against this, but. Um, it, but sorry, that was a lot of questions, wasn't it? So first yeah, no, of all, I, are we seeing an increase or decrease? I mean, what what direction are we
2: seeing okay. here? Okay, the sad reality, because of the pandemic, COVID-19, we're seeing that actually there's an exponential increase going through at the moment in this issue. We're probably set back 15 years because of the pandemic in our estimates as to what's happened. So I'll, I'll tell you how that plays out. You've you've had individuals who, because of, of government lockdowns, have missed crop rotations and harvests. Those individuals have then struggling to buy the seed that they need to plant for the next harvest because they've missed a crop, struggling to feed their families. What can happen is famine sets in. Or and in that famine scenario, you get desperation. And those individuals, you get traffickers who can spot weaknesses and can step in and see those individuals trafficked all over the world. You know, the the, the reality of what we are seeing and the reports that we're getting all over the world from places that you will have known of and places that you won't have, is that it, this is increasing. We had we had a story that came to us uh, j- just a couple of years ago of, of an individual lady who was trafficked because someone came to her village in vietnam and what sold the 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 fact that their daughter was going to get a good job to the parents was that the trafficker gave a kilo of sugar so poor were they that a kilo of sugar made them feel that the daughter's going to be okay and that daughter was sold into into trafficking but that is now on speed all over the world where Mm. we're starting to see individuals and massive groups of people in absolute desperation. So to your first point, it the problem isn't getting it isn't getting less. In fact, it's picking up in tempo and because of government's responses to this, we're seeing government's turning a blind eye to what has happened almost de- devolving any responsibility that they have just to businesses to deal with it because uh, they're, they're caught up in how do they deal with the pandemic and the waves that are coming through. So although in some countries we're now getting to a point where we're actually it's better than it was in, with COVID-19, in other countries that we're operating in, in Uganda, in Cambodia and places like that, we've seen new waves come through. And those mm. restrictions are adding to the complications around modern-day slavery, human trafficking that are happening.
1: All right, so I want to share a, a couple of quick comments here. Uh, Andrea says uh, she speaks to kind of ha- because of Mexico's location, it serves as a middle pa- passage for this kind of stuff. That's, that's heartbreaking to hear. Uh, Mermit, Human
0: trafficking is a huge part of the GDP of Mexico. I mean, not not always sex trafficking, right? Of course, but coyotes uh, moving illegals to the states—that mm-hmm. is a multi-billion-dollar business. And because, as she said, because of where they lie between Central America and the states, um, and the collapse of those governments down there, there are more and more people coming through there.
1: Mm. Yeah, Mervin says, uh, Tim, one of the best things I've heard today that Hope for Justice doesn't hand out certifications like order winners for supply chains. You want to respond to that really quick, Tim?
2: Yeah, there are those organizations, and 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 most of them, it's it's like ten thousand dollars. That's all you got to pay, and they give you a certificate that you can put on the wall, but. You know, we know with the good guys and the bad guys because the good guys are willing to actually ask the right questions They they'll put their hands up and go. We know we don't have a right response to this Can you help us and mm-hmm. that's where when you get real honesty behind the you know we, we sign NDAs with companies, so they've not got to be worried that we're going to expose them But when we get real honesty from companies going actually we think we've got an issue here Can you help us then mm-hmm. you know from a place of honesty you can start to deal with an issue if you've got someone who wants to just whitewash the issue, then they'll want to whitewash the response. So if, mm. if you're a company on here wanting to whitewash the response, you know, we're not the right guys for you because actually we want to see an end to this. But if, if people want to take it seriously and they want to say, actually, not on my watch, I don't want to be one of those companies that are allowing this to happen. It's our time. It's our turn to do something significant. And I truly believe that if there are people on here who, who actively want to, to do something, it's not about just hoping for justice. You need to act mm. for justice. That is, you're not um, going to
0: change the name, are you, Tim?
2: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it really is action for justice that you're doing,
1: right?
2: Yes. Yeah, excellent point absolutely but I, I think that's where we say hope and action it's not just good enough to have a dream that you might want to live in a, a slave-free world you need to have a plan yeah. and that plan needs to be orchestrated really well yeah, yeah. no and, doubt
1: you know around here we say deeds not words uh because to your point it is act for justice and and, and you, you know you give from what you can you give from what you have right yeah. um and i really appreciate the folks that have that have just you know uh Donated here just in this moment, but more importantly, you know, finding ways to take action in your own daily journeys or supporting Hope for Justice, taking action and supporting Hope for Justice, so critically important. I want to get to um, really quick. I'll tell you, you blink and forty-five minutes is gone, Tim. I know you've got a jam-packed calendar. Um, so we, big believers in you, give from what you have, and we've created an event, uh, an awards event. The Global Supply Chain and Procurement Awards in December, and a big part of that early planning, Greg, as you and me and the team, and our friend Kelly Barner and Phil Addison, some others, uh, with Buyers Meeting Point and Art of Procurement, uh, respectively, we didn't want it just to be another virtual event. You know, we're big believers in celebrating the good news because there's so much to celebrate that global supply chains have done to get through this pandemic, right? And still do. You know, think about an hour we're going to spend here. You got truck drivers moving stuff you got retail clerks checking folks out you got uh pickers and packers and and fulfillment centers latent e-commerce you know happen none of those things get celebrated and they should but as we were planning for this event uh and and celebrating some of these things that go on greg and i and the gang we're, we're like okay how can this how can this have purpose right how can this really stand out and help us tackle these things that we talk about all the time in the news and greg Baking that purpose into this event that takes place December eighth, twenty twenty one, is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, your take, and then I'll talk about kind of how what it looks like. Well,
0: I mean, you know, we have we have a global audience here, right? And we want to celebrate global supply chain, and at the same time, we want to impact this issue really, really significantly, right? It's funny, I just saw Nerfod uh, asked, "Where did we go wrong as a civilization?" As, as tragic as, as a situation as we're in today, we have to acknowledge that s- slavery is not a new problem. It started basically at the beginning of man. And it used to be a much, much greater portion of, of the, you know, of the population, right? Entire peoples were enslaved for centuries. Jews were enslaved by the Egyptians. It's a tradition has been a tradition in warfare that whoever loses the war becomes the slaves of those who win. And um i think that at least we have eradicated that overt and acceptable um, form of slavery and now it's much much more covert it it is much much more nefarious um but at least we are making progress as a civilization and we've had we have organizations like hope for justice that are that are making that change into action right translating as you said tim that hope into action and actually doing something about uh, human trafficking and sex trafficking and and slavery in all of its forms um and i and you know that just spoke to us it's always spoken to me and it just spoke to us and that's why we wanted to make that a big part of the global supply chain and procurement awards the skippies tim
1: <laughs> but hey we should say don't take our word for it hey kick the tires read the uh, financial reports i hope for justice puts out you know but do that quick it. and then yeah. give that's right. The um, crowbar in your
0: wallet and pry out twenty five bucks.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but you can take our word for it if you'd like, because we we've done the homework and and really yeah. admire um, the culture and and the operation that is Hope for Justice and and of course the noble mission. So, but December eighth, this is just very simply how it's going to work. December eighth is uh, the virtual event, the Global Supply Chain and Procurement Awards. Uh, we've got a variety of categories uh, uh, covering end to end supply chain, as y'all might imagine, including. Some leadership, uh, you know, we're, we love talking leadership and real leadership, action-focused leadership. But we have a, a slew of awards, um, and and anyone can nominate. Right? There's a nomination fee, and the good news is every single dollar from the nomination fees are going to Hope for Justice. And better yet, a big chunk of any potential sponsors, as we have continue to have conversations there, are going to fuel the operations at Hope for Justice. But most importantly, because as much as I'd love to be, Greg. CBS or ABC or, or CNN or you name it, right? We're, we're working hard. But most importantly, what we can give is we wanna give lots of awareness to hope for justice, but also more importantly, this heinous travesty that is slavery and human trafficking. So um, that's how it works. You can learn more supplychainprocurementawards.com. Plug in, it's, it's gonna be free to attend and celebrate as well as take part in some of the discussions that go on, but uh, learn more global or rather supply chain, procurement awards.com and um, plug in with us. Okay. So uh, Tim, any, uh, you know, I didn't give you a chance to, to weigh in here. Greg and I like, we're, we talk a lot and we get excited. At least I do. But Tim uh, about the partnership, any, any comments on your end?
2: I'm I'm just so thrilled to be partnering with you. I feel a real honor and privilege for hope for justice to, to come alongside and, and partner with you together for the awards, uh, I think you know when people step up and do this type of action, it says a lot about the culture of your organization and the culture mm-hmm. that you're building. Because it's all too easy to to not do anything, it's all too easy to walk away and and turn a blind eye, pass over on the other side. But the reality of what you're doing is actually going to manifest itself. In people finding freedom, so when people do apply for awards, they may feel that 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 that's a token gesture in terms of what they're doing. But I I know more than that that actually what that's going to do is it's going to equate to people walking free, hmm. and we've seen time and time again, you know, just in our in our annual report, which we're due to release very shortly, you will see the amount of individuals of children that we've taken from exploitation and modern day slavery, find their families and brought them home. And for me, I'd walk through walls having seen it happen to to make it happen again. Now we've been to individuals who the parents have conducted funeral services thinking that the children had died and we bring them home. Can you imagine what that joy is there? Now for you partnering in that situation, you're partnering to make that happen. Bring that level of joy to, to a family that is, is multi-generational impact. So don't just see it as a as, as an awards and, and pass over it. Start to see it as a real marker in the sand for bringing freedom and bringing freedom in an unprecedented way. So my hope in the partnership and collaboration that we have is that people will start to get excited about what you're doing people will see that actually this isn't just representative of hope for justice. This represents the values and the culture that you're building across all of supply chain night, across all of the awards that you're building. And that actually that community have a lot to be proud of in what you're doing. And, and, And I salute you in it because as I say, I know what comes on the other side of it, of those individuals who find freedom, and I just one quick very quick story on this I had the privilege of taking a team to climb Kilimanjaro in Tanzania just at the end of 2019 and we went to see our program that we have in Ethiopia just beforehand and i had been in the program probably five minutes in one of our what we call lighthouses short-term transition centers and there was a dad who had traveled six hours to go and pick up his daughter hadn't seen her for months and when you watch it as a, an outsider looking in, seeing what it happened, honestly, it will break you. And that's why I'm, i am I would want people to see this event and to say, oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to book in. I'm going to book into multiple categories. I'm going to step up and bring people to this. And I'm going to go and find other individuals who can be a part of this, because this is a community we can believe in that are going to bring freedom in an unprecedented way.
1: Well... I'm not sure how to follow that up, Greg. Uh, <laughs> what that do you say? <laughs> yeah, if that yeah. doesn't get your blood thank going, you. yeah, thank yeah. you. Absolutely. That's the that's the most important thing. But, you know, if that doesn't get your blood going, if that doesn't call you to action, if that doesn't uh, stand the hair up on, on your neck, check your pulse. Uh, you get to a doctor. But, Tim, I, I really, again, admire what you are doing. Um, we want to help however we can and getting the word out and amplifying these conversations and and really and it might sound weird but amplifying the 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 challenge that that exists because you know uh, as I was sending a message to someone earlier it's unbelievable to talk about slavery in 2021 mm-hmm. and and to hear also not only is it not going away it's getting bigger um and just the sheer scope of it uh, globally so um we got a lot of work to do uh so greg that's the best i could uh, respond to Tim's very eloquent and passionate um, words earlier. How would you, uh, before I asked Tim to uh, share how folks can connect with him and hope for justice, what else would you say there, Greg?
0: Well, uh, first of all, I want to say it's an honor to spend time with you and to understand your commitment here. This is a guy who sat down at dinner with someone he didn't know and then went to become head of a charity from that discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Who gave up, I'm sure, a lucrative banking career to do this. I don't know what speaks greater volumes to commitment and, and to, um, you know, a, a, a why, right. It, it, than that, I mean, it's, that is a massive commitment. I thank you so much for it. And thank you for letting us be a part of it. And, you know, I hope we do you proud. I really, really think that we can bring some awareness here and of course, bring some funding to it as well. And, um, you know, help to eradicate this, but, my gosh, man, thank you so much for your commitment to, you know, to start and drive this thing. It's, it's inspiring.
1: Well said. Okay. I'm going to share a couple comments and then we're going to uh, close out with Tim, making sure folks know how to connect. Uh, Art says, agree that supply chains, transience is why you can, is why you can certify the chain, but I think any location will be proud to revitalize themselves as slave free. Somehow be nice to reward those with our shared values. Some, good housekeeping seals of approval perhaps we can make the world a better place in supply chain and this is a wonderful example of a quest for goodness i like mm-hmm. that last part the quest for goodness and then uh gary says hey thanks for sharing your company's story today slavery is a terrible crime against humanity that needs to be eradicated and then on a lighter note because it's been really important to maintain our sense of humor uh, throughout uh, all of these times here i got to share so as Nerfad says, hello to Peter, ole, ole, ole. Rob says, get back to work, <laughs> So But Nerfod says he's all covered. He's tracking until the next shipment. So Nerfad and Rob and Gary and and really the whole gang, Rhonda, you name it, thanks so much for showing up here today. Okay, so uh, Tim, let's make sure folks know how to connect with you and then, of course, get your final uh, final few words here.
2: Yeah, definitely. And again, a massive thank you for, for the invitation to come on and, and share and partner. Um, if anyone wants to reach out, you can do that. You can find us on hopeforjustice.org. You can find me, Tim Nelson, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever whatever way you need to. You can drop <laughs> us an email at info at hopeforjustice.org. All of those means are at your disposal. One thing I would say to you is most people think about doing something And then don't. And I want to drive a a thought that you have is that if you want to see something happen, you need to act today because it is the action that engages you. And people often say to us that what we're trying to do across Hope for Justice internationally is impossible. But we choose to greet impossible with the words that Muhammad Ali said. And he said, impossible is just a big word thrown around by small minded men who find it easier to live in a world they've been given than the power they have to change it. That impossible is nothing. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is a dare. And I'm daring every single person who's listening to this, whether live or after the event, that today go check out hopeforjustice.org. Understand the issues of modern day slavery, human trafficking in your supply chain and do something about it. Like when I found out about it when I met a friend of a friend out for dinner. Don't ever now close your eyes or your ears to what this issue is and understand the power that you have to change it. Because when you step up and get passionate about it, people take notice. When you start to ask questions, it changes people's mindset. So I really want to thank you for, for listening to my Irish lilt today, but really want to encourage you to do something to make a difference.
1: Tim, man, I, we got to have a lot more Tim Nelson here. I mean, that is—if that—it's uh, just inspiring on top of the, your mission. Uh, and uh, and who doesn't love a great Muhammad Ali quote? What a special, especially individual. with an Irish
0: accent. It <laughs> somehow right. makes it even better.
1: <laughs> You're right, Greg. All right, so folks, be sure to connect with Tim. Be sure to connect with Hope for Justice. But most importantly, be sure to take action. Tim Nelson, CEO at Hope for Justice. Big thanks for your time here today.
2: Thank you so much. Tim.
1: All righty. I don't, words. We better wrap
0: this up quick. I'm barely hanging on here. (laughs)
1: Words (laughs) fail me. But gosh, uh, you know, I I mentioned, uh, maybe not here on on the live stream, but certainly in the pre-show then, that when I first met Tim, and of course, uh, Drew, his colleague, who's who's also a great individual, doing big things, I told you Tim had me ready to run through the walls behind me. I mean, that's the kind of individual he is. And most importantly, what's cool about that, is he's not, you know, leading the baseball team or he's not, you know, not doing this or that he's doing meaningful work to save lives. And, and that sounds dramatic, but it it is, that's exactly what it is. So, um, you know, you feel good about leaders like Tim leading the noble mission that hope for justice is on. But Greg, before I do wrap and big, thanks to everybody here. Uh, your final words. What do we
0: talk about on every single show? Give forward, Right. I want to reiterate this is a guy who from a dinner meeting with someone he didn't know took over an organization that is changing lives every single day that is literally saving people and putting families back together saving people from oppression and abuse and uh, unspeakable trauma and um and clearly he feels it right and i think you know the thing that's really inspiring for me is that we can do so much about it in supply chain Right. We can know who those people are. We can know how to avoid using them, of course, but also to expose who they are and and to help organizations like Hope for Justice and and real authorities to do something about it to end it, not to just avoid interacting with these organizations, but to end it. And I think that's an important thing. Uh, Is, you know, our participation as supply chain professionals to end this, not just avoid it, not just to, as he said, whitewash it and get these companies off of our vendor roster, but to identify who these companies are and to put it in the hands of people who can actually change something. You don't even have to end it yourself. But if you know about it, you can notify even just him and his investigators to help eradicate these whatever the hell you want to call them, bastards. Right. from, from the practice.
1: Right. Right. So, so here, here's the deal folks. Um, you, when you talk about slavery, if, if you're, if you've had some of my experiences, you will shock people when you talk about that, it still exists and the numbers that exist globally here today, you will shock people. If that is all you can do, do that, right. Do that. That might just prompt somebody to do a Google search and have that eureka moment. But gosh, families are being for, I mean, Think about the human factor, but do that. Take whatever steps you can. You know, as, as we close here, it really, especially hope for justice and the word hope, uh, it always makes me think of of the state of South Carolina's mo- uh, state motto, you know, doom sparrow sparrow, I believe. And my Latin's not perfect, but it's, while I breathe, I hope. Uh, let's take that a step further. I think even more importantly, is while I breathe, I act. And that's what we wanna challenge you to do here today. Connect with Tim, connect for hope for justice. Don't, even if it's outside of anything we're doing with Hope for Justice, get involved and, and make sure you talk up the issue because it's yeah. impacting hundreds of thousands of certainly individuals, but families around the world. Uh, and on that note, on behalf of our entire team here, finish the work hard, but most importantly, on behalf of Greg and Amanda and Clay and Allie and Jada and the whole Supply Chain Now team, including the Hope for Justice um, heroes, hey, do good, give forward. Be the change that's needed. Be like Tim Nelson. And on that note, we'll see you next time right here. And do it today. That's right. Amen. Talk soon.
0: Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.